Hello and welcome to the Shades of Green podcast. I'm your co-host Juanita Garcia and I am um, doing a short introduction of what would turn out to be the last recording with with um, my co-host Bryant Williams and our guest Lorena Lopez of Faith in Place. So uh, this recording was, was done back in July, uh, but after his passing in August, I had a hard time just bringing myself to listen to this recording again, um, to edit it and post it. Um, as as you'll soon hear, um, I figured uh, there was just so much, so much of the experience of of recording the podcast with him here that I figured I'd give um, all of you listeners uh, sort of a behind the scenes sense of what it was like to record the podcast with uh, myself and Bryant and Lorena, our, our guest. You'll hear, you'll see, hear some commentary as we go along in <laughs> this decision-making process. Um, but I also do want to say that uh, I- I'm very grateful to, to all of you for all of the kind words um, of support. Um, I, I do have to say that I'm very, very grateful that we have all of these recordings of Bryant um, in his own voice, um, sharing his thoughts. Um, I, I'm really grateful that I, I have that to share with all of you um, and be rest assured that um, it is available and will continue to be available on SoundCloud uh, for all of you um, to listen to. I also do want to say that um, I do plan on going forward with the Shades of Green podcast, um, but I'm not entirely sure what the format will look like or um, what it'll look like without Bryant. Um, I do know that I do want to continue with the mission of of sharing the the stories and the impact of environmentalists of color um, and, and to share that with all of you. Uh, please keep a lookout for that in the new year. And uh, let's keep desabling. Now. Um, can you hear me okay? I can hear you, but um, you oh, sound so, echoey. Uh, oh, because you don't have your stuff on. Do I talk to this one here? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so are we... Um, yeah, we're recording now. Okay. No, I was gonna, are we um, introducing Lorena immediately, or do we want to touch base on like what's going on? What's new in your What's new in your world, Juanita? Um. Well, not, I mean, I'm asking. <laughs> are, are we going to talk about that like for a few minutes and then introduce uh, our illustrious guests? I've been listening. I've been watching De- um, Jesus and Mira way too much. <laughs> <laughs> that remind me of like my classmates from eighth grade. Seriously, <laughs> too yeah. funny. Uh. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I just—it's been a while since I've been in here. Yeah, and I think usually you re- record from over here, wouldn't you? So uh, yeah, I bounce around. Here. I could move the. No, it's okay. It's good. As long as uh, it looks like we're recording, I can hear both of you. Yeah, I can hear yeah. you just fine. Okay, it sounds like we're recording. Um, uh. Okay. Uh, what what was the question again? Uh, you are, do we want to? <laughs> How are you? I'm yeah. I'm doing well. Uh, I am very excited about um, you know being a member of this Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce 1871. Let's <laughs> do an actual intro in there. We'll okay, let's do an actual intro. Intro. Okay. <laughs> We've got to come up. We've got to get like some music or something. Yeah. You know, like, I, the thing is, uh, like the struggle of what finding that would be, um, be. 
something that's uh, open to the public, or what's it, public domain? Yeah. Until free. we could get, like, you know, Missy Elliott to do something. Or... Oh, my God, that would be so <laughs> I love Missy Elliott so much. She is by far the greatest awesome? female rapper of all oh time. Oh, my God. We could, you, you could try and argue otherwise, but I don't, you know, numbers don't lie. Numbers yeah, exactly. Don't lie, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of her on my rowing machine in the morning. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and even seeing, her, seeing one of her shows, it's explosive. I mean, it's so much going on. Wow. Like, yeah. you know, it's like it's her performing and the dancers and the acrobats, and then it's like light show. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. So. Okay. So uh, let's do a have you real intro. To an I have. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. So mm-hmm. don't need to give you too much. You know, we. We're totally freestyling it. We're not uh... a. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, I, I like that. I was worried. I was a little worried. I'm like, is it, you know, but I'm like, yeah, no, it's just a conversation. We've <laughs> done Rocky, Rocky the Bullwinkle. I think we've done that one. Have we? I'm sure Why we have. have? Uh, Are we thinking of singing a song? Oh, so uh, I always, um, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the sidekick here, so, like, you know, I'll say I'm, the very first one I was like I'm Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carlson Carson so on and so forth. I'm trying to think of a you know like a um, sidekick to a uh, to a main host to compare myself to. I'm trying to come up with one really quickly. I should have been thinking about this <laughs> earlier. <laughs> oh my god. We did peppermint panty too. Yeah, because I remember oh, being very yeah. angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're Charlie Brown too. That was the, the yeah. She the, hates the peanuts. That's oh, why. Totally, totally hate the peanuts. Really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so way too I much totally, goes into You know this. what? We'll record that and put it in later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. We'll edit. All right. Let's go. I'll Google something. <laughs> yeah, we'll Google something. Even if it's like obviously doctored and photoshopped. Can we do audio. Fresh Prince and DJ Jensen Jeff yet? I don't think we have. That's a good one. She's the DJ. I'm the rapper. That's good. We got yeah. it. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So, uh, hello and welcome to the Shades of Green podcast. I'm your host, Juanita Garcia. My name's Bryant Williams. I'm the uh, Fresh Prince to her DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> the um, co-host on, along with her. Um, Juanita, what's been going on? How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm you know midway, just hit the midway point uh, with this incubator with the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in 1871. And I I should also mention we are recording from the 1871 podcast studio. Very cool. It <laughs> seems like seems like we have not been together in quite a few months. Oh my but god, it's I been a couple just, months. Yeah, we've gotten together and caught up every now and then, but we yeah. had to take a little bit of a break from. Um, Recording, yeah. you know, it's the summertime and everybody's you know schedules get a little bit busier. Yeah. I'm sure with your work, you're getting a lot busier as well. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, construction, you know, yeah. seasons in Chicago, winter in construction, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the um, the IHC program that you're in. Yeah, so um, I am one of twelve entrepreneur companies uh, that were picked up to. Um, with the uh, tech ideas, there we're all at various stages. Um, my, um, I got in with uh, working on BIM for Better, so working on uh, addressing the redundancy in the construction bid process and advancing building information modeling through three D virtual modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been really amazing, uh, kind of 
thinking through that stuff, having worked on it by myself for a while, getting to work with the other entrepreneurs has been amazing. Like, they're all very far ahead of me, but I guess in the same way that you would train with better athletes, it's great to train with these amazing entrepreneurs at various stages. Um, and they're all Latino uh, entrepreneurs um, from uh, various countries as well cool. um, and in various industries. So I have to say it's been amazing having my own tribe of entrepreneurs uh, has been a, a really, really great experience. Um, you know, there are four women entrepreneurs of awesome. the 12. Um, I'm one of four. and um, But uh, they're a great group. I'm excited. Uh, we're in this sort of next phase um, of uh, we've just hit the midway mark for the for the three months and uh, um, you know working on pitches working on um, financing figuring out what it'll cost to happen and so it's been a lot of fun um, and uh, it, I'm not, you know I think we have enough time now to start plugging the um, the big showcase in August. I'll I'll have to post the link to save the date uh, for the big showcase uh, here at 1871. It'll all the 12 entrepreneurs will be presenting on their progress in the project, and um, it'll be a great time. I have to say, the first cohort had a had a real really great uh, uh, showcase. It was great, like getting to hear Selena played in the auditorium at <laughs> 1871. Like it was like, oh my god. Selena at 1871 <laughs> and then um, you know a bunch of food vendors um, uh, you know food there that um, aren't necessarily usually at 1871 so that's been that's been a lot of fun because I've seen a lot of those um, those those uh, restaurants at other events now so I'm like yay like they're people love them now they're regular fixtures here at 1871 so that's great there's a um, so it's great. It's, you know, building this ecosystem of inclusivity here at 1871. And um, we're really there. I have to say 1871 and the diversity and staff has really made such great strides and efforts to be a lot more inclusive. Um, and one of those ways is with the I, Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce 1871 mm -hmm. um, uh, Tech Business Incubator. So yeah, that's what I've been up to most. That's been my whole life the last couple months. Uh, so that's haven't had a whole lot of time for other things. Um, I, you know, I did speak at a tech. Uh, well, we could address that later. Um, okay. But uh, yeah. So what have you been up to, Brian? <laughs> the immortal words of uh, uh, Norm from Cheers. I'd be at my. Uh, I'd, I'm up to my ideal uh, weight if I was seven foot four. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've just been, you know, get, just been uh, very busy, you know, taking, um, you know, being a being a dad, being a uh, small business entrepreneur. Um, yeah. Larry Doby in my field, you know, Larry Doby. Um, I, I think uh, I saw a couple of days ago, Jan July fifth, Larry Doby was called up to the major to the major leagues, and I am. Literally, yeah. legitimately, the Larry Doby <laughs> of my industry. Now, I've been joking around about that for yeah. years. So, folks that don't know, Larry Doby is the second—he's <clears throat> the second black man or second person of color to play in the major, uh, play in major league baseball. And so, you know, I'm out here starting up BK Environmental Industries, um, you know, uh, environmental contracting company. But there is literally one other black-owned company 
um, aside from mine um, that, are, that is doing this work. So if you need those services, call me, not him. So, <laughs> he's established. He's doing okay. You know, he's kicking me off, kicking me small projects here and there, you know, serving as a mentor, um, which is fantastic because, you know, quite um, way, very early in my career, the only other Per, uh, the only other person of color that I'd ever met was um, was an African American uh, environmental engineer, and he literally literally tried to sabotage me. So it's oh. good to see like another person of color, you know, not yeah. using that the stereotypical crabs in a barrel, but actually trying to push me up and mm-hmm. you know yeah. doesn't see me as competition, but sees me as a you know as a as an ally, you know. So that's that's really good. And um, you know, slowly but surely things are picking up. You know, it'd be nice if. Uh, <clears throat> Well, I'm not going to say this because I, you know, I'm not going to say that part. Well, I'll, I'll say it off the air. Okay. We can discuss that. Okay. But otherwise, th- you know, things are good. Um, you know, uh, life is good. You know, um, it's summertime no in the city, yeah. man. Yeah, summertime and the living's easy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, <clears throat> if I can, uh, if I can um, borrow from from a. Uh, Jesus and Miro, really quickly, we have nothing but illustrious guests here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I need a rainbow. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Like, should I ask you about disabling now, or do you want to wait until the end? And oh, oh, yeah, that will. Yeah, that way Lorena uh, could contribute to that too. That okay, will do all right. Uh, oh, unless you had a. A disabling moment you'd like to share? I, you know what? Let's um, let's dive into the conversation and okay. I'll um, I'll pull it up. I got, you know, I gotta pull it up on my uh, mm-hmm. phone to talk talk about it. So, but our illustrious guest, our illustrious guest today is Lorena Lopez, <laughs> a really good friend of mine, my <laughs> sister from uh, Faith in Place, and as well as um, one of our cohorts and uh, over at Environmentalists of Color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lorena's been uh, lifelong Chicagoan, right? Lifelong, lifelong. Yeah. Well. My brothers would say otherwise. I was born in Rockford, Illinois, and then my parents came to Chicago at, when I was two. Oh, was yeah. People yesterday. take it against yeah. me. Yeah. They do. My cousins and my You're brothers. Not You're not uh, really born in Chicago. hot dogs with ketchup before then? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I was. But I am. I was not born, but I was raised um, in Little Village. I moved out of Little Village uh, five years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So cool. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I almost said Open Lands. Everybody knows oh, how much I love those guys. <laughs> like, what, you, what exactly do you do for Faith in Place? So I am an outreach coordinator for Faith in Place. I go out and I talk to houses of worship about energy efficiency. I coordinate our smart energy program where we right, go out to houses of worship, try to figure out ways for the house of worship to save on money, yeah. um, but also talk to the membership about ways what. Uh, ways they can save um, and why we need to save. It's not only about saving money, but as well um, saving on carbon and really acknowledging your own footprint in this world. And um, so, yeah, and I do it in English and in Spanish, so it's double the work sometimes. Um, But it has been not only, you know, through Faith in Place, but I've been working around environment for the past 13 years. Mm-hmm. How did you start working in the environmental field? So I was um, just had my second child, and um, I needed something to do. And uh, a community organizer knocked on my door, 
And um, she said, do you want to come to a community meeting? We're going to talk about the coal fire plants. Um, do you know about that? I'm like, that that coal fire plant? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's causing all this stuff. And, you know, you want to check it out. So I did. I went to a community meeting. And then after that, I became her volunteer. And then I was hooked. And it all made a lot of sense of why I saw what I saw in my neighborhood. Yeah. And just connected the dots. And um, and since I was a mom of two at that time, married with my husband. And then I'm like, well, you know, we are landlocked. We don't have a lot of area. Not a lot of green space. But we have so many children. And it's such a... Little yeah. Village is such a young community. Mm-hmm. At that time, I don't know what the statistics are right now, but more than half of the population was under the age of 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Um, and learning that and that kids under the age of the 18 are more likely to um, get asthma, die prematurely because of asthma, or having kids with lung issues, and then also learning disabilities and just seeing the spikes and the different yeah. um, health concerns that parents had. It just all connected. Um, and then, you know, just connecting with my neighbors, which I never really had an opportunity. Little Village is very tight and close-knit. But um, really, I didn't get to meet the good neighbors who are trying to do something good. So just connecting to that network of folks who are trying to do something was really empowering. And that's why I kept going. Yeah. Yeah. So I started as a volunteer at the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization. And then I was offered a position doing some community mapping, asset mapping. Um, with the youth group, and then um, I became the open space organizer for the campaign, and now it's the Little Village Park, so I'm really happy about that, and I was able to see 175 homes get cleaned up from PAHs, cancer-causing chemicals. I was a main organizer for that, Um, so I got to see all that process, you know, and the ugliness of trying to get a corporation to clean up all their mess to working with aldermen and the conflicts that go there and um, the different city departments that had anything to do with the park. Um, And also working with the communities of faith because a lot of them wanted to see this park come through because they saw these youth. There was not enough green space. There was not enough programming for us. And um, we are, we were, um, we are unfortunately still. Um, I hate to use the word infested, but there is a gang issue in, in Little Village. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but I, um, I I can't think of the exact uh, numbers. But doesn't the Cook County the Cook County jail system has more acreage than the park? Uh, yeah. Than I mean, than the residential property in um, Little Village, or maybe I'm mis. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, uh, it's, it's not as it's not as big as Little Village, but I mean, oh, you mean green space, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I think they had more green space, open, green space so an open there. space than a hundred thousand residents had at that time. Right. So because of this twenty-four acre park, mm-hmm. uh, we were at the top of the list when we were. I was working around that back in two thousand and six. Oh, geez. Wow. Um, so when did how how long were you with? Um, for about six years, yeah, okay. yeah, and yeah. You left Elvejo and went right over to Faithhill. No, no, I um, so working around the Celtic mm-hmm. site, um, 
doing a bunch of organizing door to door. It's exhausting. Um, I got pregnant in 2009, uh, no, 2008 uh, from my last child, and I was still organizing, but I got very sick, mm-hmm. and I had her early at 23 weeks, so I had to leave oh, wow. working because. Uh, yeah. El Vejo, just because I had a child now that had asthma. Oh. Um, it was extremely premature, and so I had to concentrate on her health. And so I took a four-year break before wow. I started working at Faith in Place. Yeah. Yeah, I was almost done with working around environment, but um, this opportunity came to me working part-time at Faith in Place, and then I moved up now to, to full-time. My, my daughters were um, born prematurely as well. Mm-hmm. They were born about 29, 30 weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah. That's really young for twins, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was 23 yeah. weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. A pound and 13 ounces. How many? They were three pounds and one ounce, three yeah. pounds and four ounces. Yeah. So, were, like, a month and a half, too? Yeah. Yeah. In but the hospital. I mean, you've met the girls. They, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, one, uh, Lizzie was in the hospital for a month and a half. Lexi was in the hospital for a month and... I mean, they were super long, but just like real thin when they were tiny. Born, yeah, know, so. yeah, yeah. Itsy was thirteen inches as well. She was wow. she was tall, and they said she was going to be a big baby, but she came out early. Um, so that's what I decided to just not do it. It's just it's as you know. I don't know if you know any uh, real grassroots community organizers, the work they have ahead of them and going door to door, you almost feel like a Jehovah Witness. Because <laughs> nobody's like, everybody yeah. wants to do something good, but getting them, the yeah, the <laughs> yeah, you know, like, hey, you know, let me change your mind, um, is a lot of work. Um, but at the end, it paid off because yeah. now we have a park. Yeah. yeah, which is an awesome park. If you have not gone to Little Village Park, I urge you to take your kids. It's gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, how did the um, opportunity over at uh, at Faith and Place come up? <clears throat> it's funny because um, I I was I just bought my house um, and uh, my friend Kathy was like, hey. Uh, oh, Kathy Regalado, yeah. you guys know her. Oh, yeah. She's working with an extension of the Sierra Club now. But um, she uh, hit me up one day and through text and like, are you looking for a part-time job? And I said, yes. And so this came through and I was offered the position right away. It was only 20 hours. So I'm like, this is this is doable. And, um, mm-hmm. and I've been there now. It's going to be four years in September. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's right. I think that's when we met, like when you when you first right in the there, beginning. That's was, when we met. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I was at, uh, you know, I was involved with the, uh, was not was I still am involved with the uh, Southeast Environmental Task, Task Force, Force. Mm-hmm. or maybe through the county. Or whatever, I think county. I think the first time I met you was the first time I went to an ELC gathering oh, really? at the. Um, Oh my gosh! Uh, the in Northerly pro- Island, Northerly Island uh, and you were the the, the bass, bass master. master. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this guy is serious. It's not that I was; I am the bass. Oh, master. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, like that am, is the know? bass master. <laughs> and I was just like really intimidated. I was really quiet because it was my first time coming back to working around environment. Of course, I've kept connected. I was really happy when the coal fire plants shut down and I kept hearing about the all the national campaigns, the local campaigns around environment. Um, 
and the successes they've had uh, since I left the environmental world. But for a good reason, I had to take care of my family. Yeah. But coming back to it and, and just the change that has happened, yeah. I mean, yeah. so many more um Folks working around environment, so many good folks that are people of color, yeah. um, and then knowing about EOC. So, how how did you find out about EOC? Uh, you know what? Work actually uh, at Faith and Place. Claire uh, Butterfield was the one that told me and said, "This is something you have to do. <laughs> this is something you need yeah. to go to." So I took it very seriously. I'm like, okay, this is environments yeah. of color. You should go to that regularly, and yeah. um, it would. I was allowed to make it part of my work schedule. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was through my boss, and she said you need to go, um, and that's how I heard about EOC. And the, I think you were the first one I met, and then you were like, "I'm the bass master." And, <laughs> oh my god! Because well, I know. I, <laughs> did you catch anything that day? You did. Did you, you just go through shading? <laughs> Wow. No, I, I was really impressed. I'm the like, bass population has been decimated. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the bass? In no, exactly. Oh my exactly. gosh! So, well, I yeah, don't I don't even know. Native to Lake Michigan, but you know. Like it just sounded good. I can fish. Well, that was the day I learned that salmon are native to Lake Michigan. I yeah. didn't know that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, because you threw it out there. I did not catch any fish that day. <laughs> however, however, we you know like we um, we could have like a you know, I don't know what's a what's a the science person that works with animals you know it's like an animologist we can have them in on the show sometime <laughs> they can help explain this. But animals have this crazy sixth sense where they can sense fear. Uh-huh. So like as soon as I came up on the dock, the all of the fish were like, oh 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 no, the bass oh, no. master's here. <laughs> so they went down to the other side, and everybody else was able to catch fish. Uh, was just, it Melanie next to you, and she catched the fish? No no no, she wasn't. She was down. <laughs> She's on the other bit. side. Yeah, she was on the other side. The so scared like, huddling. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I just. Fish. And everybody else, they were baiting their, you know beating their hooks and all that kind of stuff. You know, when I'm fishing, when I'm hunting, I like to make it even, you know, like giving them a sporting chance. Like <laughs> yeah. if I'm hunting deer or something like that or bears, no that's, guns. They got nothing on you. You know, no arrows. <laughs> just your, Just these hands. Just that's what's, you know. your presence. <laughs> <laughs> so, you ever hear the saying, you know, don't help me help the bear? You know who they were talking about? Me. Oh, the that's bass master. <laughs> Enough about me. Okay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your day to day at Faith and Place. So um, now that I'm not doing door to door, it's more of house of worship to house of worship. Um, so it's connecting with houses of worship, letting them know about our different programs that we have at Faith and Place. So we do everything around energy to. Um, talking to folks about Migration and Me. It's a great program where we talk about our own migration stories and how we came about to Chicago and making those connections with one another and also making those connections to nature. Um, And with the specific purpose of bringing back the monarch butterfly, which is a symbol for... um, everybody's migration story. So we talk about the Great Migration mm-hmm. to uh, the Latin American migration and make parallels. Um, you know, I was part of one of my the best migration stories I was part of. Um, we had a Southside African-American church with a little village Southwest side church, Latino church together oh, wow. to talk about their migration stories. And then, then themselves, they shared food 
with one another, but also shared their migration story and saw the parallels between yeah. that. And even if um, the African-Americans just crossing state lines, it was like crossing a border. Um, and uh, so just coming together, bringing, making bridges between between uh, different cultures, not only the Latin, um, Latino and African-American experience, but we also talk about the European experience, Asian community. Anybody that mm-hmm. wants to participate can. Yeah. We all come from somewhere else unless you're native to this land. Mm-hmm. And so um, we respect that and... Um, and we make those connections by the hope of doing conservation and thinking about conservation at your own house um, and also taking out some of those racial boundaries um, because what we do have in common is our common home, which is our land, our air, our water. Uh, we also have a water preservation program. Uh, we do advocacy. Um, so a number of different programs uh, in focus areas at Faith in Place, but I specifically focus on energy. Do you work throughout the state? Yes. So we're statewide, um, but uh, I focus around the Chicago region. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have different folks located in different areas. Uh, our most southerly person is in Neoga, Illinois. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's, that. that's like four and a half hours away from here, I think. Okay. And then uh, we have somebody in Champaign-Urbana. Waukegan, Illinois, and the north and west suburbs. Um, And we're looking into expanding, of course. But we have uh, the beautiful thing about Faith in Place is that we're one of the most diverse staff, I believe, in the environmental field. We have folks, um, Latino, African-American, white, from all races and backgrounds. Um, And we connect to faith in place from where we're at so i usually represent the southwest side of chicago Mm -hmm. we have reverend debbie who lives in the in the west side we have pastor vance who lives in the far south side veronica who lives in south shore um we have folks in the north side as well um but we really try to represent all of all of illinois yeah, the diversity of your membership too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to get a sense of the structure of members too. Um, so is it is it uh, houses of worship that are members um, and their communities? Well, anybody could be a member, and I always tell folks when I go out or reach, I'm like, you don't have to necessarily belong to a community of faith to know that faith in place is doing good work. What we're mm-hmm. trying to do is just connect folks back to environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, but we focus in on houses of worship, communities of faith, of any faith, mm-hmm. um, and we try to meet them where they're at. And most folks, you know, they're like, well, well, let's work with our youth group. We'll work with mm-hmm. their youth group. Or they're like, we're totally committed. Now we're, we want to do solar panels. We want to work with you on your advocacy mm-hmm. arm. Uh, we want to represent faith in place. We want to implement every program. Right. Um, so there's different levels of houses of worship that connect with us. And we don't necessarily call them members. We call them partners because uh, we believe they're more mm-hmm. of um, they're more of an institution. They're their mm-hmm. own organized group. Mm-hmm. And we're just there to support them and bring them up to speed when it comes to environment and what they can do. A lot of folks are like, oh my God, I need to recycle. I need to be solar panels. It's really sometimes it's just changing your mind. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Um, that's the that's the very first step. 
um, to getting people to to get connected to environment and why it's important to talk about environmental justice in the pulpit, to mm-hmm. talk about uh, uh, environmental environmental racial inequality. I mean, these are these are things that we try to um, empower our partners to talk about with their members. I think Reverend Moss over at uh, Trinity UCC is a great example of that, where he talks about environmental justice in the pulpit. He talks about the need for uh, sustainability in the pulpit. But, you know, like one thing you mentioned that um, Faith in Place uh, works with all all religious faiths and backgrounds. um, You know, that's the you know one of the few things that tie all religions together is the um, the. aspect of loving the earth mm-hmm. and taking care of the earth. You mm-hmm. know? It's like, you know, um, whether you're looking at it as, you know, looking seven generations ahead in the way that you utilize the earth, or you're looking at it as, you know, the, um, God said to take, you know, take heed of this land and be good stewards over it. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like it, it's this the one bond that you all, that all these faiths have. Yeah. And it's not only um, the Christian traditional faiths, but also, um, you know, or Jewish, it's outside of that. So yeah. if you look at Sikhs, they also have a principle. Uh, the Hindu also have a principle. Uh, the Baha'is, mm-hmm. one of their main principles right. is environment. And it's that common, the common home that we have is, is earth. And without it, none of us will be here. And so it's really important to talk about it that way um, and making those connections. Um because nobody has ownership of this, you right. know. Uh, no one person has ownership over our environment. It's all of our responsibility. Right. And that's what I really like about communities of faith is that it, that opens up of like, yeah, it's all of our home. It's all of our air. It's all of our water and land. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you, you recently joined the leadership uh, committee of the um, Environmentalists of Color, right? Yes. Like what? Why did you um, kind of want to jump into that? Do you, I mean, I mean, being a mom, you have three kids. Three kids. Three yes. Kids. You yes. work full time. Yes. I mean, that's a and I'm in work. school. Yeah. Oh, you're, I didn't realize. That. Yes. Yeah, I am in school. Um, <laughs> in school for I, I'm trying to finish it, my associate, so I could just start in January at a university, hopefully. Uh, which no, university? I don't know. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I think that's something that's very important to our listenership as well. Yeah. You know, like you know, you don't have you know, like you can get into this industry in some way, shape, or form. You don't necessarily have to have a terminal degree. Right. Like, I you know I have a bachelor's degree and I barely have that. So you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know and I, and I've done a lot in my career. Yeah. You, know, you don't necessarily have to have a PhD no. or anything. Like that. And and I I really I really I, I started from the bottom and now I'm here for real. <laughs> <laughs> like that's for real. Like I just, Drake. I mean, really, like, that's, I love Drake. You know, Musiel right. is great, but Le- Drake, Drake is my guy. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. When I first started working at El Vejo, I didn't even have my high school diploma. I had been through so much, um, and um, I got my GD, and I. Just worked and worked. I've been taking classes here and there. I'm almost done. I'm only need. I only need two more classes to be done with my associates. So I'm at the very end of it, um, and um, hopefully I'll be going to university and maybe they'll take some of my life credits as that. Um, Wait, um, but you don't. You don't need. Um, I would say you don't need a degree. Unfortunately, if you. 
if, especially if you work with a community organization or a neighborhood organization as a volunteer and you really try to figure out a place where you can fit mm-hmm. in, um, I think it's a great place to start. Yeah, but even, I mean, looking at the field that I'm in, you know, there, there's um, lots of opportunities for uh, laborers, you know, so asbestos mm-hmm. abatement laborers, soil remediation, environmental technicians, you know, especially if, um, because a lot of these are union not union uh, positions, you know, so like, uh, prevailing wage this year is somewhere around like 42 bucks an hour for uh, union laborers that's doing that are doing asbestos abatement, lead abatement, and lead is all in the news right now is very prevalent so there's mm-hmm. a lot of job opportunities i know guys that have been working doubles you know for the last two you know last month and a half mm-hmm. you know, so one shift they're making 42 bucks an hour the second shift they're making 64 bucks an hour right. so it's you know it's a decent living and you don't have to have a terminal degree yeah and i would say i'm going to add to that to talk about mm-hmm. gender and um to talk about gender and moms um you know, going to 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 become a technician or even getting certified, finding the time. Um, a lot of us are not attracted to doing something like that, but yeah. I would encourage that, of course. Um, but just you know, volunteer. I, I mean, that's the way I started. That's right. what I know. It's just volunteering, just getting to know your different organizations, asking questions, getting out there. There's so many great. Um, not only an environment, but community development, everything mm-hmm. from right. working at a house of worship. Uh, there's a bunch of programming there, and just getting started to to get connected. A lot of I remember just feeling us, uh, you know, just feeling like what what can I do? I want to make a difference, and um, yeah. thank God for the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization because I was able to come in as I was yeah. and. Um, and there's a lot of that, and there's need for people that we need people to be out there. Um, you know, it, it just can't be left to one person. Not one person could be the poster child for our environment. We all need to 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 make our part and come as we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to El Vejo. They, I mean, they are doing some great work. You know, um, and it, you look at some of the the talented staff that has come from there. You've worked mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I am over at the uh, Field Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, Rafi. Uh, <laughs> Raphael, yeah, who's Raphael. in D.C. now, yeah. and Lily Molina, exactly. uh, who's um, who's fantastic. Yeah, I just uh, met her um, about a month or so ago oh, at really? the, um, the community dinners, their Wednesday night community dinners. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's she's fan- she's one of my best friends. Um, who else has come out of there? Um, just great people, um, still doing great work. Yeah. yeah. So, but all right. So where where you? Where are you um, taking classes right now? I'm just finishing up at Harold Washington, which cool. is literally across the street from my job. Oh, so I oh, can nice just go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all online, but still, whenever I need to get something done, I could just yeah. go across the street and then hopefully look in. And I'm looking now to universities and hopefully transfer. Have you thought about what you want to study? Like, um, yeah. So I've been looking in social justice as well as some environmental stuff. I really have to figure out a program where I could really fit in. But for sure, yeah. no engineering I, or math for me or science. You know, I, the other day, I, you know, I was like, you know, I emailed you something about a university that does like a remote learning thing. Yeah. Like, why has she not gotten back to me about that? 
And then I realized, oh, I did not send it to Elena. <laughs> I sent it to someone else entirely. And I'm like, oh, dude. I'm going to remember to <laughs> write it down. I need that information. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm looking into doing that. And just I'm planning on staying around environment for, I think, the rest of my career. Because cool. that's what I know. And that's yeah. what I have and passion. And, you know? and, yeah. and, I, and I really am enthusiastic about it. When anybody talks, you know, if I come into a party at my family's house I mean they just know like hey let's try to make this as environmentally friendly because (laughs) here comes Lorena and it's not only that I don't want people to feel bad I really want them to say like this is the reason why Uh, and I've gotten a lot of my family to switch over a lot Mm -hmm. of their behavior um, because if they're not going to be full participants they can change certain things about their life to not you know everything from using you know, plastic to um, really thinking about what they're um, using chemicals at home to clean the products. I mean, these are simple things and people maybe don't find these things to be important, but I I do think so. Um, You know, health starts at home. So, um, yeah, just changing that mindset. And um, we compost during Christmas time. Um, we talked about the earth during prayer and Thanksgiving and in Christmas. So these are things that I really like to bring to my family and to my friends and um, inspire them. And also go to houses of worship and they're like, oh, my God, I want to do more. And how do I inspire those youth uh, to keep on going? Like Carolina Mesias was one of yeah. our youth members. She's still very much around and... And I've had interns and youth work with me and, you know, just to see what how how far they've come. Marisol Becerra was one of my youth groups that did asset mapping. I know she's wow. like getting her doctrine now. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Car- uh, Catalina works for the park district out mm-hmm. in South Shore. So mm-hmm. she you know, deals with some of the, the uh, uh, parks and marshes out in the South, out in the Calumet region. So I interact with her from time to time. I didn't realize she was... Uh, yeah. She was from El Viejo. She is, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good I'm, folks. We'll talk about that all Go ahead. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we have, we, um, you know, we make choices, and we have so many choices to make throughout the day, and, um, you know, when you value the environment and you value reducing waste, you know, that you have to make those choices and you have to you have to do that in your everyday life and one of the things I love talking about especially on on uh on Shades of Green is um you know communities of color and the things that they're already doing Mm -hmm. that are green that they never because for so so much of being green seems to be this like hipster reappropriated green thing that that isn't necessarily the case you know communities of color have been my dad, all the time. my dad had a 10-speed in the <laughs> 70s and 80s right. up until 1992 <laughs> where he was able to get a license. That's all he did. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my license until I was 30. I was riding my bike everywhere. My father taught me that, um, but we never labeled it that way. And then it's funny. My husband, always, he, he points it out all the time. He's like, listen, we've been riding bikes forever now but we don't get the bike paths why exactly. is that yeah. and yeah. we're the ones most in need and some of our people don't have a license to drive and so or they you know their license was taken away because of you know something bad that happened or I don't know um, but 
you know, that is one of the, the things that pops into my head of like that we've been doing for a very, very long time. Yeah. Or I think it, I, I'm sorry. No, go yeah. ahead. I think about the uh, the bag tax, you know, the, uh, the plastic bag tax yeah. that the city implemented recently. Yeah. So like, I mean, for generations, you know, like my grandmother has a bag of bags in her, in her um, <laughs> pantry, my dad and my stepmom. You know, and I just, I mean, like, if I have a plastic bag and I bring it home, I put it in a bag of bags. So, you know, like, now, the I read an article where the city was like, oh, we're going to lose almost $10 million because we um, because people aren't buying the tax, the bags because of the tax. Like, well, what, what were you expecting? I, I thought that's what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted us to reduce our bag usage, yeah. right? right? Right, that's what I, exactly, that's what they wanted, right? Yeah. But really what they wanted was for us to buy these bags. But so, like, it's so funny when I see people walking up to uh, the new Whole Foods in um, Inglewood. <laughs> Everybody knows how much I love the little bodega there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the smallest Whole Foods in yeah, the world. Yeah, it's tiny. It's like, it's, um, you know, people walk in there with, like, their bag of plastic bags to go shopping now. As yeah. opposed to, like, buying tote bags and right. stuff. You know, it's so yeah. funny to see. Like, we, but we've been doing that for years. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. And, um, you know... Everything from using less, using less water, using less uh, energy, you know, having one common TV for the family. I grew up like that. I mean, our carbon footprint was practically zero. And yeah. then um, because you can't pay for that bill, yeah. you know, um, and uh, and and also you use everything when you cook, yeah. you use everything. You don't overbuy ingredients to make a, a recipe. Exactly. Um, so everything from food we use less to energy we use less, water we use less um, because we can't afford to pay the hot water bill. I mean, these are things that we've been doing, right. uh, but we don't get enough credit for. Yeah, we, it's like we certainly um, don't. It's like our good friend Naomi Davis says, the grannynomics, right? You know, like we're doing things that our grandmothers have been doing for mm -hmm. generations. Like mm -hmm. My grandmother grew up in the um, during the depression, during you know during the depression, but she was and she was raised by a sharecropper, so like she knows how to squeeze a penny out, of, you know, like every single drop out of a penny, you know. What yeah. I mean? Like she reuses everything. To this day, she still has like a. But you know, like a little uh, box of buttons in case she needs to sew a button on her shirt or something. I do. I have a jar have of buttons. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I have one too. Yeah. Yeah. I, or if I'm gonna let go of a blouse and I the blouse is you know gone, but it has buttons, I will take out the buttons and put it in my jar. All right, uh, we'll, we'll have to touch base after the show because I need to grab a few buttons. Okay. <laughs> like, but I'm sorry, I, I digressed. I was asking about like what um, you know how. What made you decide to um, join the uh, EOC leadership yeah. team? Because you have so much on your plate. So oh. I started just doing that. No, I have a real passion for it because I think we need the space. I really do believe people of color um, understand um, one another. Mm -hmm. um, we speak our, uh, the same language. Most of us are from urban areas, yeah. um, and that's unique as well. Um, and I do find that a lot of environmentalists uh, who are not people of color went to university, which is fine, or um, grew up in the suburbs or have traveled extensively um, which is fine as well but I really needed a space where I could be myself right mm -hmm. and I can talk about my culture but also relate to environment and one another and to you know Brian I know when I first met you you're like you know no, no, you know government there's there's environmentalists in government too I'm one uh, I was the one yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that really opened up my eyes and said there is opportunity there um, I take that back Arnold Randall's great I mean, okay. like, you know, I don't want to 
want to burn any bridges. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Cook yeah, County but these government. are really important <laughs> positions that I wouldn't think other. I wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't make a connection with before, and then I got to meet. Um, so I've met young folks who are just enough to folks have been really into environment like Mike Rizzo who goes to Canada yes. <laughs> all over the states and Mexico and he he's this like you know like he he goes all over North America to do preservation Mike and he Rizzo can, is the man like, oh my, we, has he been in Shades of Green yet no, no. We, oh my we god talked about him and he um, comes I will just yeah. sit here because he he's up. just amazing we um had the Kanye sisters in on the episode and they talked about him and um, we had there was somebody else where we talked about him. And I, I love Mike. I've known him for a few years. And, oh my god! You know, like low key behind the scenes, he's been helping so. Uh, Tony Anderson talked yeah. about him. He's oh been god. helping so many um, environmentalists of colors. You know, uh, so many groups that are you know the, from SKSL yes. to, to Faith and Place Safe. To he's given us. He's well, not him, but he has supported us to yeah. get funding. Um, the environmental task force. Uh, oh my you god! Know, if it's an EJ group, if it's, if it's an environmental group and it has some tie to the environment, he, uh, he's uh, there to people of color. He's found a way to help them funnel. You know, fun yeah. yeah, and even not uh, environmental groups. He's worked with schools and yeah. uh, chamber of commerce, and yeah. I've seen him work with Enlace, for example. Yeah. They have gardens as well, and um, El Valor. They have a Monarch releasing date, and that's because of the programs he's connected them with. I mean, he's just an amazing individual. So much energy, just. So genuine, just too. oh my just god, the, what the, you the know? Nicest, friendliest guy. And he told me and Veronica one time after we went to your office on our EOC gathering about three years ago, he told us the most romantic thing. He said, "I live to make my wife happy." And me and Veronica just fell over. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Where did you come from, Mike? Oh my god, you're an environmentalist. You're a great dad. I mean, he's just an amazing, yeah. an amazing person." And so he was one of the people I also met through EOC as well at the EOC gathering. So he's an EOC, or he just hasn't been around uh, recently. Um, he's got a um, his yeah. daughter is really young, so like he yeah. You know, and he, he lives out in Juliet. Yeah, he took yeah. a you know kind of took a step back, like you know really focusing on being a dad and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. you know I can relate. Like yeah. when my girls were born, I was you know like I was not going out a lot. But then you know as they got older, like they're the uh, they're the the youth contingent of EOC, so they yeah. come out for some. Yeah. <laughs> I could only imagine our next generation of EOCers of like kids. My kid, uh, yeah. my middle child, is going to be doing a program at the Chicago Botanical Garden. Oh, with Amaris, uh, right? Yeah, with oh, Amaris. So yeah, I'm trying to. I'm like, you can do it, La Look. Um, and one of your kids, one of your sons, was at. The field the museum, field museum mm-hmm. the green ambassadors program. Yeah, with Asia Mohammed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's fantastic as yeah. well. So just making these connections, this is what I really truly believe about EOC and I the reason I'm doing it because and I the reason I value it so much is because it provides a space for me to be myself. Um and for me to connect with Latina women, African American men who have such a great example and um, that I can lean on if the times are tough. Um, and I have done that. I mean, yeah. and and the committee that that we have right now is very representative of the whole world, I, yeah. I believe. And so, um, and so smart. Oh my God, Uzma, Kumar, <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, oh everybody's God. so smart. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's so amazing. So, I'm privileged to be part of. E- EOC or even 
to have been considered. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really committed. Um, but I really just needed it for the space and, and, um, you never know what tomorrow brings. So I really wanted to make sure that I had my networking team and, and somewhere I can touch base in and, you know, and, um, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. Since we're talking about like EOC leadership and all that, Juanita, I know you're on the leadership committee as well. How? What? I mean, you're starting a business. You're you're a podcaster. You know, you do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, why? I mean, how? What made you? How did you decide to um, join the uh, leadership committee? Sorry to put you on the spot. Well, you know, that came from my own experience of not seeing a lot of representation of people of color in the environment or in construction or even the environmental organizations in the built environment. Right. It's just so we're just so underrepresented. And, you know, seeing the possibility of helping to create a network, mentoring um, and and really seeing what what I could do through this organization to see better representation. Um, And and also, you know, representing um, a a lot of the members are in that, um, are in the education or nonprofit space. Um, And I, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to represent the built environment be environmental careful, group. Get upset if you say this, so <laughs> and <laughs> you know, because I think that's really important yeah. that um, that we better see the built environment right. as environmental and you know energy uh, and a and a for a variety of reasons, and also um, to see that that there you know representation in the in the private sector too. You know that they there's a responsibility of you know, for-profit organizations to mm-hmm. think about the environment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you entirely. I mean, like, you know, the, <clears throat> I, you know, I've talked about, like, the segregation. Um, and, uh, it, it, maybe it's not intentional. Maybe it is. I think it is. <laughs> but, you know, the, the silos within the environmental yeah. field. I was at a um, USGBC event. Um, I'm on a, they asked me to join one of their advisory boards, you know, for a project that they're working on. Um, but, you know, I look back at the USGBC um, networking events and um, stuff that I've attended, and the, you know, the paucity of people of color there is, sh- it, uh, it should be shocking, but, you know, I'm, I'm used not, to it at this point. Yeah. It's not. You know, like, the majority of the people of color there are in the emerging professionals, which I know you were, Juanita, you were yeah. pretty that ins- was a- ins- um, instrumental in helping put together. You know, but the fact that they had to reach out to me, who's not a member of USGBC anymore, is like, hey, you know, we need some color up on this team. Can you help us? You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that says a lot about where they are as an organization. I mean, like, yeah. I'm good friends with um, Katie and um, you know Brian Imus, some of their leadership there. So that's you know that's the reason that I decided to do it. But you know, it's like, you know, you gotta reach out. You know, you gotta expand your network a little bit at some point in time here. But you know, you look at the opportunities. For people of color in the environmental field, yeah. it's usually like environmental education, environmental stewardship, and those are seasonal jobs, they're lower paid jobs. Mm-hmm. But you know, I look on Indeed and Simply Hired, and there's jobs for environmental engineers every single day. There's yeah. an opening for one, and you know, like the pay range is eighty thousand dollars, one hundred fifteen thousand dollars. It's like really making some money, 
like a nice yeah. living doing that type of work in the environmental field, as opposed to these handful of opportunities in the nonprofit sector, which were kind yeah. of funneled towards. You know? Yeah, and 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 you know, and and I just was recently somebody brought something to my attention about oh, you know, all these Latinos are getting hired. I'm like, no, it, it, we're one person. I'm like, we're it's these opportunities that come to us is really being funneled and there's only a small amount of opportunity. Right. So anybody that goes through is by miracle. I mean, you really have to squeeze in there to, right. to stand out. Um, and, uh, you know, just turning against each other. And I think that's what EOC is, is fantastic about is yeah. like, no, this is where all people of color yeah. We should all look for opportunities for one another, mm-hmm. but um, it's competitive, yeah. you know. Yeah. And 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 a lot of these places don't want to hire us. And if they do hire one of us, we're like, oh, they're only hiring Latinos. Oh, they're only hiring African Americans. Oh, they're only hiring Asian folks. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I was at a, at an event um, uh, last week uh, talking about di- diversity in tech, and I was talking about you know. EOC and and the um, just broadly the lack of diversity in STEM mm-hmm. and uh, and working working with organizations and talking about that and someone asked me well are you deliberately just working with Latina girls and I'm like well no I'm committed to diversity broadly mm-hmm. you know and I think that's really important that it's diversity broadly mm-hmm. not just people that look like me and um, because it's good for everyone mm-hmm. and, you know, diversity. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, that ended up sparking another conversation of, of um, and, and, and acknowledging a real blind spot I have um, with, the, well, with the LGBTQ community, mm. like, mm. you know, diversity and the intersection of, of, um, of race and gender and sexual politics you know and that so that ended up being like it was something like oh yikes like we did not address this in this diversity panel yeah and you know and that's just it like someone had to bring it up mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and you know the problems that of diversity and isolation and bullying in the you know that people of color have you know, LGBTQ <laughs> community is having too. Having doubly, yeah. You know, yeah. A, I mean, like a, you know, a black, um, a, a black, you know, transgender, or black gay, black queer. I mean, like you look yeah. at, you know, it's not just that they're dealing with the, um, you know, the uh, the um, the the segregation of being black, or yeah. there's, they're dealing with the segregation of being queer. Now they're dealing with both. Both. Yeah. So you know, like it's so much more difficult, I think. Yeah. You know, but it. Um, <clears throat> I had a I was uh, on a panel discussion with um you know a bunch of lovely women of color at for a UIC a little while ago during our hiatus. Um it was me, Mila, um uh, Mila Marshall, Olga Bautista and uh Juliana and I was the um I was the only male on the um on the uh dais. Awesome. Is, you know, yeah. which is cool, you know, it's like <laughs> I'm representing you know. <laughs> but they asked about intersectionality and like, you know, how we um how we feel about it and I was like, Man, it's you know, like it's difficult for me to um it's difficult for me to um, think intersection, you know, intersectionally, because I'm a black man. I'm not, you know, like I'm not a black woman, so I can't, uh, uh, I can't uh, 
relate. I can understand if it's explained to me, but I can't relate because I have not had to deal with it. But, you know, to address it, all I can do is try and treat people the way that I want to be treated. Yeah. Be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to treat it. you with respect because you're a human being. And, I, you know, That's I'm, it. No, I'm no different from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're a person. You're a child of God. You're like, whatever. I'm going to treat you the way I, I would want to be treated. And, yeah. You know, hopefully that'll work out. <laughs> and that's yeah. interesting because I get to deal with a lot of houses of worship and a lot of them want to do environment. Um, but sometimes they think it's too liberal um, oh, wow. mm-hmm, it, it, or it's too liberal. Or um, I remember talking to a Jehovah witness and he's like, well, the earth was given to us to use how we want. I'm like, okay, so is your body just around this earth to yeah. use however we want? Is it okay yeah. for yeah. somebody just to come up to you and abuse you however we want? Exactly. Because whatever. And he, it's it's this whole notion. And then for some reason, they connect everything with liberalism. Like, oh, now we're going to talk LGBTQ rights and gender rights. The slippery and, slope. Yeah, it's all, yeah, we're all over there. And once, <laughs> no. you know, we hit this line. Yeah. And but I've had know. family as well talk to me about, um, well, you know, God gave us this earth. We can... That's we, the misnomer. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? and this, co- it's coming from their faith. Yeah. And so what do you say? It's like, well, um, that means that, you know, you can just do whatever you want with your body and your body's going to be fine. No, your body will resist you. You can get cancer. You can get diabetes and die because yeah, your body yeah. can't handle you anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the way I come right back at it yeah. as an individual. And so my like, God gave us a start to take care of it. Just, just like you are a person that needs to take care of yourself. You need to um, make sure that you're eating the proper food so you could sustain. Same thing with the earth. The exactly. earth needs us. The earth needs to sustain as well. Yeah. The book that, um, this, so there's a book called Ishmael that got me interested in the environmental field by mm. Daniel Quinn. So, like, he, you know, he wrote Ishmael and then he wrote a sequel to it um, called My Ishmael, where he's teaching this 16 year old um, girl. And the, the lessons in that book were a lot more simple and plain than the, the first book where he's talking to like a 30, 30, 35 year old adult, right? So, like, he's talking about how the reason that Western civilization is in the mess that it is and has created this mess is like, you know, we, took what was said in the Bible, like, oh, well, you know, God gave us this earth, and we can do with it as we please. Like, mm-hmm. No, he gave it to you. It was like, no, be, be good stewards over it. Take care of this, because yeah. this is my gift to you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, if somebody gives you a gift, you don't just go, you know, get it and then smash it. <laughs> you know, you, you're like, oh, this is something really, really nice. I'm going to try and take care of it. You know, I'm going to appreciate it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like what we're not doing is appreciating the earth right now. And yeah. sustaining further generations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And one thing my parents always taught me, and so I grew up with a very revolutionist mindset, even though my parents didn't know how to read and write. Um, they knew, uh, they grew up with the stories of the revolution in Mexico and why the revolution happened in the first place is because only a few had control over the land and the most poorest of the poor didn't have anything pretty much and that's how my great-grandfather died I I just found that that out that he died during the Mexican Revolution Um, but I really it really stuck to me because it wasn't about money it was about land it was about access to food it was about access to the land and um and who had power over it. And so, um, you know, that was the thing that 
when I first started around environment, like this is this is right. We need to we need to address these issues. We need to talk about our air quality. We need to talk yeah. about water. We need to talk about conservation in our own homes and what we're doing. And so it really hit. Um, and, and so, all these years later, we're still talking about <laughs> <laughs> access yes. to it. <laughs> who has access to yeah. it, and um, who's who has the you know who's healthier now? Um, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask another question. It slipped my mind. Um, you talked about why you're why you want why you both wanted to join the ELC board. So, where do you see yourself like five, ten years from now? Oh, like that's a good question. I need to think about that. Um, I I do I'm see myself around environment. Or? I want to stick to that. I uh, hopefully. Five years from now, I'll be seeing my son graduate college, which that will be, I think I'm just going to cry the whole day. <laughs> just cry the whole day. I'm, I'm, I'm already getting ready for that. Um, and, and me graduating college and then um, hopefully... About the same timeline? Uh, no. So I'll be graduating two years from now, two or three, okay. and he'll be graduating four or five. Okay. So he's just a senior now. So Where, I have a lot of work. School? He's at Curie High School. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. And um, he's doing great. Um, so we're looking into universities already and I'm trying yeah. to get myself ready for that. I don't know. I think it maybe still at Faith in Place, maybe, um, or uh, still working around environment, um, leading a project of some sort. Cool. I'm not an entrepreneur at heart. I wish I was. Um, and I'm not a tech person, but I, I love I technology. <laughs> <laughs> I love technology. Um but yeah, I uh, still working uh, hopefully around environment. I'm not sure if private or, or nonprofit, but hopefully still around environment and graduated college. Yeah. And did, you, um, did mm-hmm. you mention to me that you have a sister that moved back to Mexico? Yes. And has an organic banana farm? She has an organic oh, wow. banana farm and sells bananas at the market. Yeah, <laughs> in Jalisco. She, oh. Yeah, she decided to go to Mexico. They have land over there and she loves it. Um, so, Does she have a family? She yeah, she has. She them? took two of her kids. Married? Yeah, and she's married. <laughs> <laughs> she's married. My sister Rosa just came in town from, um, and Brian met her, Rosa, from North Carolina. And it's gorgeous over there as well. My mom takes me crab fishing in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Oh, your, your parents are in North Carolina? My mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, yep. yeah. So my mom takes me out crab fishing, and my sister has a banana farm in Jalisco. I, I just I noticed you like using the um, motioning. <laughs> no, yeah, and she is not even like she was using a real. It's funny. It's like if if you were a real bass master, yeah, hands in the lake. No, you, you know, know my mother. <laughs> you need to come with me to North Carolina because my mom does not use uh, the reel. She uses uh, the fish wire yep. and just gets one of those. Like a net or something. A net like, to yeah. catch the the crab. Yeah, so, so she, she and I can we can yeah. We'll, 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 <laughs> Get along very she well, gets so. uh, chicken wings. She ties a chicken wing, throws it out, comes back, and then she fishes out the crab. Oh, and wow. then she makes me awesome, like, garlicky crab at home. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. I'm really lucky. Are you, um, were you, did your family come directly to Rockford from Mexico? No, or? they were, um, they came from Michoacan, the land of the monarch. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> You know, Alicia. Because they all know each other. Alicia, Alicia from Alicia uh, Ponce Nunez from ELC. She's her family migrated to Chicago area from 
Michoacan. And I think yes. Amaris's family originally That's from, from Michoacan. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah so. No, we don't know each other from Michoacan, but we're all from there. I didn't say it's a it huge that way. Thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful meant, state. Like, did you know that she was from there as well? Be, be like, you know I didn't. Her. I just, I kind of just met her a couple <laughs> okay. of. Uh, well, I saw her at the EOC oh, gathering. I, mean, I, just, I figured, you know, in, in December. And environment, yeah. probably, that, that's what you were trying to get me to say, wasn't it, Juanita? But, uh, but I like know. <laughs> no, you said it. The two fans <laughs> that I have are going to turn against me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't realize this, but you're right, Frank. And I'm like, oh my god, where all the Latinos just like, like knew one another, like, oh yeah, you know, blah blah. Um, <laughs> I know, Cesar from back in the day, we were organizers at the same time in Little oh, Village. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh wow. You know, it, it's it's so funny. So I'm you not guys. the bad guy here. <laughs> no, what we're saying. you really no. all do know each other. I just like I wasn't from Little Village. You at know all. what it is? Is that the EOC? <laughs> this is this is EOC at, yeah, at its yeah. greatest that That's we've been why. able to connect. Yeah. You know, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have this this space to do it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's just been fantastic. I've. I think I know pretty much everybody in the environmental field, maybe some folks here and there that haven't been to a gathering, but that's the reason I know so many folks. Yeah. And um, and folks outside of my Latino community, so I know so many African-American folks who have been through EOC and the work they're doing. So it's 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 exciting. I, I really enjoy having that space. <laughs> We're going to cut out most of that conversation. Yeah, we <laughs> have to. We will. Yeah, but we check I come from Michigan, and my parents were farm workers. It's, it's, just, it's so funny, though, because Brian, I know he doesn't do it with that intention, but it's always like, oh, you're doing that again? No. I mean, well, did you know that she was good? I mean, like, you know, it was like, wow, you no. mentioned it, and I was like, oh, wow, what's it's such a small world? It's like three, three you know. You know, that, you know that artist Miguel? Miguel, have you heard of him? He's the like R&B, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's from Michoacan. No, I didn't. Like, there is this awesome documentary about him going back to the oh, to Michoacan. Have you I seen have it? Seen, I've heard about the so amazing. Yeah, I've heard about the. Oh my god, yeah. he has. See what I'm talking? I mean, these. I had no idea he was Mexican, and once he said, "I'm Mexican," I, of course you're Mexican. I see it, and <laughs> it then he's sense, like, right? and then when he said he's like, "I'm from Michoacan," I'm like, even. My favorite thing was that, you know, the BET, um, the BET Awards Wait. performance where he, like, drop-kicked the young lady. Oh, like, uh, no. Are we not seeing that? I'm like, trying oh, not to okay. even think oh, about okay. him in that oh, way. No. But, but you know what? It's actually, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because I'm going to, me and Reverend Debbie, who's my coworker, are planning one day, we want to go to Michoacan together. She's like, I want you to come with me, and I want to take her. trip. It's a year. We should, and, and, yeah. bring and kids, Mike like, Rizzo. Younger people. Mike Rizzo yeah. knows places where we can stay and we trek on. Yeah. There's no AC. Airbnb, it, man. No, no, no. And it's actually in the sanctuary. Uh-huh. So we'll be doing, we'll be doing uh, Stuart. So the point is, when a lot of people don't know this, but when you go to those sanctuaries, it's better to go and do stewardship and help yeah. than just go and visit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're actually doing something. So we, we, that's what we want to do. We want to go. That'd be awesome. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, my God. Amazing. so much fun. I mean, because oh. and, and, and so many of us are doing work around Monarch Butterfly um, habitats in this area. Mm-hmm. So it would just you know, mm-hmm. be a nice tie 
to put it together. Yeah. Or even, like I mentioned Tony Anderson earlier, like, you know, yeah. Project Butterfly that she used to be involved in, and even how she ties the, you know, mm-hmm. the great migration to the migration of the monarch butterfly. Butterfly. And stuff, like yeah. She, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we have in common. Um, and so, so my parents did what um, the monarch does. They came up north. There's <laughs> 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 a great to, book yeah. about African Americans called, you know, yeah. like, doing the great migration called up north up north oh really well that's it and uh, they came to California they worked in the farms and then they went to Oregon and they worked in the farms and they went up to almost Washington I think and then they traveled west to Rockford Illinois because they found a job at a cornfield Um, so we my parents followed the food to get here yeah I mean Chicago it's food hub so yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. cool yeah this was back in the 70s we're gonna have to wrap up uh to get out of here soon okay but um is is there anything else you'd like to add did you want to talk about uh pope francis or anything oh yeah well your homie (laughs) that's my dude um if there's when when he was announced that he was going to be the he was from argentina i cried and i sobbed when i saw him because of his white robe and the simplicity of him i knew it right away i'm a very i'm a spiritual person i'm catholic but um like i said to you before a lot of us are not exactly practicing catholics but culturally that's how i talk to god um and so since pope francis took out the encyclical la dato si mi Signore, I don't know how it translates, but it's about the earth. And it talks about not Mother Earth, but Sister Earth, and how we need to take care of Sister Earth and the importance of it. He does talk about environmental justice, but he also talks about even if you're poor, even if you have the most simple, basic uh, footprint, um in the earth, you still have a grand responsibility to take mm-hmm. care of this earth. And so um, he gives it right back to all of us. And um, the beautiful thing about it is that um, not only Catholics uh, listen to this to this letter that he wrote, but also other communities of faith. Right. I went to a Greek Orthodox church. They had a Laudato Si uh, workshop. I went to um, I went to a Jewish congregation. I mean, everybody was talking about it. They were right. really excited about it because they knew the impact. And more so than ever, I think everybody's connected with this Pope because of his simplicity. And um, he he's made my work a little bit easier. Good. So that's great. And then he's such an inspiration. I mean, simple guy. Um with simple ways. I know he, he he doesn't even live at the Vatican. He lives in a hostile outside the Vatican. Wow. So he's really, really living the example of what mm-hmm. um, you can do. Um, and he really tries to live simply and, and ride eco-friendly cars um, to learning about new technologies uh, around energy. And um, he's he's an awesome dude. I w- I, I'm going to say it now. I, w- I hope I meet him. I hope I get to meet him. And when I meet him, I'm going to be crying like nobody else's business. <laughs> I'm going to be crying so much. I know I'm just going to be like, just, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, Disabling, do you have anything that you, are you familiar with Disabling, Lorena? No. So Disabling is, um, <clears throat> I'll let Juanita explain it because oh, she's sure. far more, um, you know, far more uh, eloquent than I. 
So, uh, are you familiar with Columbusing? A little bit. So, um, you know, Columbusing is, is uh, you know, sort of culturally appropriating something or taking oh, yeah. it from, from yeah. indigenous people, people of color. Yeah. And so, uh, DuSabling, named for uh, a founder of Chicago. Our first resident. Uh, yeah, our mm-hmm. first resident, um, who happens to be a person of color. Um, first hipster. First yeah. hipster. Did they live around here or something? <laughs> yeah, right down the block. Right down the Chicago River, so yeah, yeah right, on, you know, right down the block a couple. So, uh, in an act of taking back our history with, with DuSable and taking back the act of taking back... Uh, stuff that has been culturally appropriated, uh, we use the term desabling. Mm. So um, I don't know if you have a, a an act of desabling you'd like to share or something that has to be desabled. Oh, I just heard about this yesterday, and I thought it was a great idea because it was the park I grew up going to as a young child, uh, Douglas Park. Yes, mm-hmm. have Douglas you heard? Park is it's, awesome. They want to change the name to Douglas with double S yes. for yes. Frederick Douglas because yes, so that that it's not mine necessarily, <laughs> but I I really want to support them. And um, I was saying I'm like, well, I worked around the parks, so I might as well do something like this. But a school around there wants yeah. to change it because Doug. Who was our senator? I don't remember his first name. He was pro slavery. Uh And um, we have a park named after him. So all they want to do is add an extra S and uh, make it Frederick Douglass Park. Hey, one S, you are on the wrong side of history. (laughs) (laughs) And it's such such a beautiful park, and it's in between two amazing communities that I grew up in North Ondale and Little Village. Um, And so we need to own it. And yeah. Frederick Douglass was and there's, I mean, the man. there's so many people of color living and living and, around that park and, and playing. using yeah. that park. And using Riot Fest is there. I mean, it's just, yeah. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a... Um, did, did you have one? No, I, I don't. So I had a... <clears throat> I was just looking through Facebook earlier, and I saw that <laughs> Pop Sugar, this um, magazine, Pop Sugar, had an article about um, natural hair. Natural, oh, <laughs> natural beauty, yes. you know, like natural hair care products and stuff like that. But in the article, not a single woman of color oh, you know, God. was was, uh, was used in the article or any of the pictures. But you know, you look back over the natural hair care movement lately. I mean, it's all been women of color. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Or, traditionally, it's all been women of color. You know, yeah. going all the way back to like, you know, like Panthers and Angela Davis. You know, like you know, really pushing natural hair and the beauty of it you know so mm-hmm. it was it just stood out so huge in my you know when i saw it like i'm scrolling down i was like oh yeah, like, you know, somebody shared it i was like oh shame on these folks you know, so, <laughs> you, know, you know i'm out here riding for my sisters and if i had you know poor genetics had not left me bald i'd be rocking <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the stuff. I mean, I love um, shea butter and and using. I, I don't even shea like. Butter and a little coconut oil. You know? That's it. And um, you know, it's 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 really. I I I I love it. I I love it because my hair is yeah. is. It's not straight. It's not curly. It it really needs. Um, extra help and yeah. um well, you could go to the whole foods over on <laughs> they yeah. almost have an entire third of an aisle oh my gosh <laughs> that's oh, so sad man. well <laughs> you know that's just it like the cosmetic industry it's just, it's just so, so loaded with such yeah. chemicals yeah and, 
it's yeah. just bad. Yeah, it's bad for everyone. And it's and it's it's really um, what's happening to her. And I know we have to go, but what's happening to our women of color and makeup and the overuse of? I mean, we can go into this. This could be like three hours. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't put makeup on, but I've seen women and girls, especially. Um, that they don't look like themselves anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you could, you know, I, I there was a, a girl who, you know, in, in the Mexican culture and the family, you, you say hello mm-hmm. and you kiss them on the cheek. She literally left contour on my cheek. Yeah. So it was like white, brown, white, brown. I was like, what the heck? I thought I was bruised. And it was her makeup that rubbed oh, off on, on my face. But it's, I mean, it's just we've been, <laughs> we've been pushed conditions for so many years yeah. that we need to try and look more European yeah. to be beautiful but like yeah. our, you know, our black is beautiful our brown is oh, beautiful yeah. you know what I mean so there's no reason to mm-hmm. put you know makeup or anything like that I mean if you want to great that's on you but yeah. you're beautiful without it just the way yeah yeah and especially if you use if you use products that your grandmother used you'll stay even more beautiful i believe unfortunately i don't have access to a lot of that anymore but you know my grandmother used to make us stuff for our hair and our face and our eyelashes when i lived with her and she would get orange blossoms and she would get coconut and she'll get like all kinds of stuff and make us some really cool things and um we are that's all gone. And it was yeah. 100% organic. I know that because there was no chemicals because nobody could afford it. And then um, it was made from your grandmother. So you know yeah. it's good. Again, grannynomics again. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> and it's made with love. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, cool. That's, yeah, that was my disabling. Like, pop sugar, do better. You know, I'm out, I'm out here defending for my sister. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but man, you know, Lorena was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Juanita. Thank yeah, you, Brian. Thank you, you guys are amazing. And um, I hope I could, if I was a musician, I could make you your opening. <laughs> <laughs> if, you want, need, like, if you want old McDonald had a farm on piano, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how to do it. My youngest is in piano class. If we did like a hip hop version, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I do know. By the old McDonald estate. Well, yeah, well, somebody, someone probably owns it. You know, yeah. it's like, I just want to be. Look, yeah, Disney, so, sue, oh, Disney yeah. will sue over anything. So, so, like, oh my gosh. You know, like, if they own it, let's be careful. You know, okay. Got people monitoring for this. So, you know, with that being said, you know, love you all, Disney. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I'm a recording. Okay, that's it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to us, and thank you, Lorena. You're welcome. Thank you.